Hello, dear friends. I do hope you recognize that theme song. If you do, you know it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website today. There are so many things that we could talk about today. There's so many issues personally and nationally and globally, internationally. Oh, but friend, today we want to talk about Jesus. We want to talk about what it means to be saved. We want to talk about our God today and the special place that we have in Him because of what Jesus has accomplished in our behalf at the cross. We want to talk about worshiping God with understanding. Uh, you know, many times worship is just uh, reduced to a, a a neat little formula called part of the preliminaries to to preliminaries to what I ask you what 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 is greater what greater is going to occur yes there's going to be a sermon and the word of God is paramount as it relates to our life listen but worshiping our God in spirit and in truth is so vital to uh, to our understanding of what what true worship is all about. Amen. So we need to get out of some of our routines that does not represent that. Get out of some of our ruts, if you please. Somebody said a rut is just a grave with both ends kicked out. Listen, we don't want to be in a religious routine, but we want to be in a real, genuine relationship with God, expressed in how we worship Him with understanding. Our our text for this teaching that is continuing is uh, a springboard foundational text is Psalm forty seven seven and it says for our God is King over all the earth sing ye praises with understanding and I believe primarily that means to understand in the old covenant that He is the great God that He is. But as we come to the new covenant relationship with Him through the blood of Jesus Christ to not only understand His greatness, but to understand His graciousness. To worship God, I'm going to say it again that as we began this series to refresh just a little bit and make a statement to you. To worship God with understanding begins with a spiritual understanding of His greatness. King over all the earth, absolute ruler over heaven and earth, to not only understand his greatness, but the grace which allows us as his children to worship with a spiritual understanding of our relationship to him in the new covenant. We're going to read about that relationship and what happens when we worship in spirit and in truth with understanding in Hebrews twelve twenty two through 24 once again. We, but ye have come to Mount Sion. Remember in the previous scriptures, it contrasted the Sinai when God came down and manifest his presence on that 
holy mountain made holy by his presence. No one could approach it except Moses was allowed to go up and God speak to him. No one else, not even, not even an animal could touch the base, let alone climb the mountain where the presence of God was being manifest. But listen, that has changed in the new covenant because verse 22 says, but you are come as New Testament believers, but you are come to Zion unto the city of the living God. The heavenly, oh, what a litany of spiritual persons and places that we have access to in and through worship with understanding. I'm going to start reading that again. But ye are come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. That's where we stopped last week. And listen, where we're going to begin this week as we go on down to the general assembly, the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh of better things than that of Abel. Praise God. We have come, therefore, as we continue to the general assembly. The general assembly. Listen. Psalm 89 and verse 5 says, And the heavens will praise thy wonders, O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the assembly of the holy ones. That gives us a glimpse of what this general assembly is all about. This great assembly is not located in a physical place, but rather in a spiritual place. Those who are holy, those who are without sin, either angels who have never sinned or men and women who who have had their sins washed away. As one, we're able to stand together in Christ, assembled by Him and for Him through His redemptive work. Amen. We have come to the general assembly. And we've also come to the church of the firstborn. Amen. Listen to Ephesians 3 verse 21. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. You see, the church is also a spiritual state. Those who partake in the fellowship are members of the church. Our Hebrew text refers to the church as the church of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven. And James added that we are brought forth by the word of truth that we might be, as it were, first fruits among his creatures. James 1 and verse 18. <laughs> Let's make no mistake about it. You can't separate being a member of the true church, this spiritual organism, not a physical organization, from being a city. Being a citizen, therefore, of the city of God, a worshiper on Mount Zion, it's impossible to be one without the other. So worship occurs as a spiritual fellowship, and it's a universal fellowship. Look at verse 23. When you come to Mount Zion to worship, you come to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. 
What what wonderful language here. Did you hear that? We've become a Christian society. We're a beloved community of saints. We're no longer isolated and alone. We're members of the greatest fellowship in all the earth. I tell you, with the persecution that's going on today, and you may go on your job, and you're the only light in the darkness. <laughs> we used to sing that song, I'm a, I'm a little petunia in an onion patch. Boo-hoo-hoo. Well, we don't need to boo-hoo-hoo. You may be the only Christian on your crew, at your job, uh, in, in your in your circle of of activities but i'm going to tell you you are not alone you may attend a huge church and you may attend a small church but i'm going to tell you right now this culture is trying to marginalize the christian faith the christian church and christian people but we are a mighty mighty body of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're members of the greatest fellowship in all the earth. We call it church, but we are part of a great universal fellowship. This is a fellowship that had its beginnings in the upper room in Jerusalem, and today is as wide as the world because it is worldwide. Nothing has been able to stop the growth. Yes, it has slowed in numbers here and there. But this church, this body of Christ is growing and it is alive and it is well. And persecution will only serve to purify it, not to absolutely quench it out. James Stewart, the Scottish theologian, wrote these words, and I quote, Not all the acts of militant nationalism, not all the outbursts of bitterness, not all the mad follies of the sectarian spirit, not all the pathetic spiritual exclusiveness which have, which have claimed a monopoly of the grace of God has ever been able to destroy it. The hymns we sing today are also sung in Africa, India, and China. All over the world, hosts of men and women are worshiping the same Lord Jesus Christ. Before you went to bed last night, dear friend, there were Christians in other parts of the world who were singing praises to Jesus. The chorus has gone on all day long and all night long. And when we are finished here, the refrain will be taken up in the islands of the Pacific. Listen, this is a growing, glowing body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And we've also, the scripture said, come to the God, God, the judge of all. The incredible power and privilege of the blood of Christ is that we can stand before the judge of the universe without guilt or fear, washed in his blood, clothed in his righteousness. Listen to Romans eight thirty-three through 34. It says, Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It's Christ that died, yea, rather is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Hallelujah. The Bible said we have an advocate with the Father. 
Glory be to God, whoever lives. And the scripture said, because of his intercession, his blood at the cross and his priestly ministry right now at the throne of God. Amen. That he, Jesus, is able to save us to the uttermost, to the farthest extent, seeing that he ever lives to make intercession for us. Glory to God. Friend, when we come to worship, listen, if you know of a sin in your life that you need to get right with God, you need to do it before we even start to worship. Don't wait for the altar call. Don't wait. Just do it. Hallelujah. Let's just get it done so that we can worship with an understanding of all of the privilege and power that that is that God's going to manifest his presence. He inhabits the praises of his people where we worship him in spirit and in truth. But don't let the devil tell you that you are unworthy of the presence that is going to be manifest when we worship God together. Hallelujah. Amen. God's going to show up. And if we keep our faith in him, God's going to show out. And there's going to be mighty miracles occur during worship. I believe healings are going to happen while we worship in spirit and in truth, praise God, before any evangelist or someone with a gift lays hands on you. We're not going to stop laying on hands and anointing with oil, according to James five fourteen. But I want you to know during worship, if we get it right, I believe that God is going to manifest his presence to his people because we can come to Mount Zion now. We can come into the presence of the Holy One. We can come where angels Angels have to have have special coverings to minister in his presence. And here we are, washed in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Coming into the presence of our God to worship him. Amen. In spirit and in truth. And we have come not only to the judge of all the earth without fear. Listen, we have come to the spirits of just men made perfect, literally complete. Verse 23 states, you have come to the spirits of righteous men made perfect. When we gather for worship, the church on earth joins the church in heaven. In a moment, the sorrow of any physical separation that we may have from those who have gone on to be with the Lord, it is eased with the understanding that we are worshiping with them. Hallelujah. As they worship in His presence, we're worshiping in His presence, and there is a connection between Everyone, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm in a family that is shrinking because I'm going on 75. Uh, listen, I want you to know that, that when I worship the Lord, I, I sense all of my loved ones that have preceded me to heaven are worshiping. And there's a kinship. There's something that, that involves us all. The angels of God, the four and twenty elders, the, 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 the people who have been saved and, and our fam, very family members, your mother, your daddy, your brother, your sister, your child worshiping God in heaven if if they preceded you. We join the community of saints in heaven. You've come to the spirits of just men made perfect. Who are these just men and women? And just how is a just person made perfect or complete? 
when he or she dies, of course, there's no perfection. This side of the grave. We pursue perfection, but we're not made perfect. But I want you to know, amen, that when we as Christians draw our last breath, that perfection is completed in us. What the blood has done and is doing is accomplished in us. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, this corruptible one day is going to put on incorruption. Hallelujah. And this mortal is going to put on immortality. And, and, and when he comes, the Bible said we're going to see him as he, he is because we shall be like him. Hallelujah. When the writer says you've come to the spirits of just people made perfect, he's referring to all the saints of God who have died in the faith and who've gone to be with Jesus. When I worship, I stand with all of my loved ones that have preceded me to heaven, all of my friends, all of the people that we've known through all of these decades of ministry that have preceded us to heaven, we worship with them. Hallelujah. And we all worship Him together. There's a kinship, a relationship. There's a spiritual realm where we're all involved. The saints in heaven and the saints on earth. Hallelujah. The church militant and the church triumphant. And the reason we can enjoy all the wonderful blessings of the present and future is we have come to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. It's all about Jesus, isn't it? Glory to God. Hebrews twelve twenty four. it says, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh of better things than that of Abel. It's a divine fellowship, you see. We've come to God, the judge of all men. We've come then to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. When you and I come to worship, we come to God. When you and I come to worship, we come right through to Jesus as well. There are no intermediaries. Leonardo da Vinci created a marvelous painting of the Last Supper. He turned to one of his best friends and said, and I quote, What do you think of my painting? The friend looked at it and said, I've never seen anything quite as incredible. It's absolutely breathtaking. Look at those two silver goblets. They're so real that I feel I could walk into the painting and lift them off the table. Da Vinci frowned went over to the painting and painted out the silver goblets. And he said, I want you to look at Jesus. He said, I want you to look at His face. It's the face that I want you to see. Friend of mine, when you and I gather for worship, this is the face God wants you to see. Because God has revealed Himself through His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And when we come to worship, it's clear, isn't it, where two of you are gathered together, Jesus said, in my name, there am I. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. In the midst 
of them. Make no mistake about it. Jesus isn't sitting beside the Father on His throne in heaven. He is in our midst when we come to worship Him. Because we're coming not in the name of our denominational organization, which I'm not dissing them. I'm just saying it's not about them. It's about Him. Can I hear an amen in our listening audience today? It's not about them. It's about Him. It's not about us. It's about Him. Hallelujah. But I will tell you that when I worship Him in spirit and in truth, I get lifted up. <laughs> Hallelujah. He manifests His presence. We sense the Holy One in our midst, not sitting aloof in His heaven, but right there in whatever place, large or small. He said, if two of you on earth, if you gather together in my name, hallelujah, there am I in the midst of them. Praise God. And not only do we worship Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, hallelujah, but we come to the blood of sprinkling for cleansing. Glory to God. C.H. Spurgeon writes it this way. He says, Your cleanness is not a thing of degrees. It's not a variable or vanishing quality. It's present, abiding, perfect. You are clean through the Word, through the application of the blood of sprinkling to the conscience and through the imputation of righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then lift up your head and sing for joy of heart, seeing that your transgression is pardoned. <laughs> your sin is covered. And you, and in you, Jehovah seeth not iniquity. Dear friends, let's not wait another moment till by faith in Jesus you have grasped this privilege. See, this is worshiping God with an understanding of the power and privilege of salvation and of grace. Be not content to believe that the priceless blood of Jesus may not do its work and have done its work when you receive Him as your Savior and will continue to do its work as we walk in the light as He is in the light. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. But lay hold on it for yourself. You'll find the song of substitution, a, a, a choice song, if you're able to sing it. This song says, In my surety I am free. His dear hands were pierced for me with His spotless vesture on, holy as the Holy One. Praise God. How can that be? How can we be so clean that God could choose to come and live in us, in our spirit? Oh, yes, our flesh is flawed. I'm not talking about our flawed and weak and flesh. I'm talking about our spirit man has been made so pure 
by the cleansing of the blood and the washing of water by the word. Praise God. That washing of water by the word is cleansing uh, to our, our, our flesh as we obey the word, apply the word. Amen. Repent according to the word when we find ourselves in need to. But friend of mine, the cleansing of the blood in your spirit, man, has prepared you for a habitation of God. Amen. <laughs> that God the Father's going to be able to come and live in you and me and feel right at home, not out of his holy element. Jesus can come and live in us. In fact, the scripture said that is the hope of glory, the down payment, the surety. If, if Listen, if we've been made clean enough for Jesus to come and live in us, then we can go live in the city where he lives, praise God. Because he's the one that makes the holy city holy. It's not holy because the gold is pure. It's not holy because the, 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 the foundation of precious stones is pure. It's holy because God's throne is there. And because Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father enthroned with him. Praise God. Friend of mine, I want you to know what we have received is far beyond our traditional, uh, simple preliminary to to whatever else is going to come friend of mine that we should get our hearts ready for the word of god because we have come to truly worship god amen hallelujah listen all true worship should be an extension of an application and of appreciation for the blood of jesus the great testament of God's love for us. Hallelujah. When the Lord says in communion, this is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. The blood is the substituting death of Christ. He dies so that I do not die the death of judgment and condemnation. His death instead of mine, his loving lays down, he lovingly lays down his life that I might not die. God accepts the life and death of His Son as full atonement for my sins. An illustration of the substitutionary death of Jesus is made clear in Holy Communion, isn't it? This is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. As often as you drink this cup, as long as you eat this bread, do it in remembrance of me. And that remembrance of him is in a particular way. The remembrance of Jesus suffering and dying on the cross so that you and I might be forgiven, that our sins may be pardoned, that we may be saved. And when we worship him, we need to understand just how much God loved us. When it said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, it's very clear. The gift of Jesus to become the sacrifice lamb so that we could be saved. He gave His Son. Jesus gave His life. He gave up the ghost on the cross. He, he gave it all. 
He took it all. He did it all. And He did it for you. And He did it for me. Today you may feel like that you need a shower spiritually. That there's so much contamination of your mind and your body through sin. How could God ever allow you to approach Him like this? To come to Zion. To come to the city of God. To just men made perfect. To innumerable company of angels. To the blood of sprinkling. How could that be? Oh friend, it couldn't be through any religious work. No matter how righteous and pure and holy. But through the work of Jesus. When He took our place on the cross. Through His body the veil of His own flesh, we can come into the presence of God and be accepted there. Oh, I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by the prospect of this, but I'm bold enough to come. And I pray today that you will come to Jesus right now. Confess your sins. Be forgiven. Be washed and be ready for His coming in Jesus' name.